Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Well, hello, listener. Welcome back to another episode here at Voice of the Church. We continue our series in Ecclesiastes as we want to answer the question, what is the meaning of life? And now we come to the preacher's own search for satisfaction in the things of this world. And we'll begin reading in Ecclesiastes 1, verse 12. Here we read these words, I, the preacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem, and I set my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom concerning all that is done under heaven. This burdensome task God has given to the sons of men, by which they may be exercised. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and indeed all is vanity and a grasping for the wind. What is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be numbered. I communed with my heart, saying, Look, I have gained greatness, and I have gained more wisdom than all who were before me in Jerusalem. My heart has understood great wisdom and knowledge, and I set my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceive that this also is a grasping for the wind, for in much wisdom is much grief, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. Well, we live in a world that tells us that the most important thing in life is our own personal happiness. But even with all the resources available to us in our culture, it seems like we are more restless than ever. The preacher here in Ecclesiastes shares his own personal journey for satisfaction. But the more he tried to squeeze meaning out of life, the more it seemed to leave him searching for more. Nevertheless, he begins his search for satisfaction in pursuing wisdom or knowledge. Now, in the Bible, pursuing wisdom is a good thing, but there are two different starting points in this pursuit. On the one hand, there is pursuing wisdom by first acknowledging that God is our creator who gives wisdom. But another starting point is an autonomous pursuit of wisdom, where we, by our own intellect, try to figure out the meaning of life. Early Greek philosophy prized this kind of wisdom that was dependent on reason, observation, and experience alone. Well, the question is, which path does the preacher take? Is this faith seeking understanding, or is this an autonomous search for wisdom? Although the preacher is a believer who knows God personally, for a season we see him try to pursue wisdom in the wrong way and from the wrong starting point. He says here in our text, I have set my heart to do this. And again, I have acquired great wisdom. At the beginning of his search for satisfaction, references to God are almost completely absent, and this will continue throughout his quest. But apart from God, he was able to acquire knowledge of many things, and he was successful in his pursuit in one sense. In verse 16, he says, I have attained greatness. The preacher became the kind of man who had lots of fancy degrees on his wall. He taught at the best university. He was the Jordan Peterson of the day 
who would be invited to speak on the Joe Rogan podcast. You might even find his books on the bestseller wall at Indigo. The pursuit of knowledge in this life is a great thing. And we live in a culture that values this. We live in a culture where people listen to podcasts, to the news, to books, and to audiobooks. And we should all value the pursuit of knowledge. But the preacher teaches us through his own experience that when we pursue wisdom from the wrong foundation, it leads to frustration and sorrow. In Christianity, within the last couple of years, there's been a popular word called deconstruction. This word can refer to the process of analyzing our Christian faith to consider what parts of it come from God's word and what comes from the culture or from bad tradition. And this can be a good exercise. But there is also a bad kind of deconstruction where we set aside God himself and his word as the starting point and try to gain wisdom from a different foundation. And this is wrong and spiritually dangerous. This is what the devil tempted Adam and Eve to do, set aside God's word in order to become wise in a different way, and that led to death. Before his conversion, St. Augustine said in his confessions, I was trying to find the origin of evil, but I was quite blind to the evil in my own method of research. See, how we pursue knowledge matters. If we try to become wise apart from the fear of the Lord, we will end up in the pit of despair. The preacher says here that his wisdom led to grief and to frustration. That is why some say that ignorance is bliss. On the one hand, it's not good to have your head in the sand in this world. But on the other hand, it's not helpful to try to dig into everything. Because the more you know, the more sorrowful you can become. Moreover, the preacher shows us why being wise doesn't lead to ultimate satisfaction in the end. And why is that? The preacher tells us in chapter 2, it's because of death. Death is the big party crasher in this quest for satisfaction. In chapter 2, verse 14, we're reminded that when it comes to wisdom, the wise person might see life rightly and no more than the fool who walks in darkness. But the problem is that the same fate happens to them both. They both die and are forgotten. Death is no respecter of men. And in the grave, you can't distinguish the bones of the wise man from the bones of the fool. And so what are we to do? The preacher calls us to start our pursuit of wisdom with God. The Proverbs remind us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Only by trusting in Jesus Christ can our crooked hearts be made straight and our broken lives be made whole. There is a God in heaven who gives wisdom and who gives life to everyone who looks to Jesus as their wisdom and righteousness before God. And that is what we see in Ecclesiastes. In chapter 2, verse 24, at the end of the preacher's quest, we see a sacred shift. God's name reappears. And at the end of his journey, he reminds us of God's hand that gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy. Here we see, dear listener, that 
the good gifts of God must be received and enjoyed in the right way. When it comes to having wisdom in this world of why we exist and what we're here for and where we're going, we must begin that pursuit with God. And so, dear listener, in this world that is often very confusing, may you look to Jesus Christ for wisdom and trust that when you call out to God for wisdom, he will give it freely to you. In the New Testament, the book of James chapter 1 says these words, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him, but let him ask in faith without doubting. May we start our pursuit of knowledge with Jesus Christ at the center and trust that when we call upon God for wisdom, he will give it to us. Well, thank you again for listening to another episode here at Voice of the Church. We hope you'll consider listening to us next time as we consider the preacher's search for satisfaction in pleasure and in material wealth. Until then, may God bless you and keep you.